Ooh, what is going on, tribe? It's your man Clef, and this is episode 19 of the Social African Show. You already know it's the Social African Show where we chop it up with entrepreneurs of African origin. And today, we've got none other than my brother, Steve Harris, is in the building, tribe. What is going on, Steve? I'm great, bro. Doing fantastic. Great to be here. It's such an honor having you on the show, bro. Are you ready to rock? Born ready, baby. Let's do this. Let's go. Now, for those who don't know, Steve Harris is the CEO of Education a management consultancy based in Lagos, Nigeria. He's also a high-performance coach, a motivational speaker, an author, and a business strategist. Steve is also known as Mr. Ruthless Execution and is passionate about helping individuals and institutions bridge the gap between performance and potential. Steve. You can hear from my voice how excited I am having you on the show. I'm excited to be here. I'm just trying to be zen, man. (laughs) I've given the tribe a little bit about you. Take it away. Let's talk about your African heritage and a bit about your personal life as well. Uh, Yeah, sure. Thanks, man. Uh, I'm Nigerian, proudly Nigerian, um, unashamedly Nigerian. My my parents, uh, my father is from the uh, Igbo-speaking part of Nigeria, so he's from Delta State. Uh, My mom is uh, from a state called Akwa Ibom. Uh, so I like to joke that you know I'm half caste. So, you know, I, I so I'm, I'm I'm proudly Nigerian. You know, I believe I know we've gotten a bad rap over the last couple of years for a few bad eggs, but you know I'm proud. I wear my green and white proud. You know what I mean? That's so. Um, one in every seven pl- uh, black people is Nigerian, man. So we're in your face. So we're like the black Chinese. We're all over the place. So yeah, I'm I'm really proud to be Nigerian. That's awesome. And your family, if you've got a big family, as in your immediate family, wife, kids? Oh, uh, well, well, no, just, I mean, I've got a wife and a daughter, um, at least the last time I checked, and I checked this morning. So. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Makes right, sense. So my wife and I, my wife is amazing. Uh, she's Her name is Emma, Immaculate, uh, so she's Immaculate. My daughter's name is Paris, so she's, uh, so, yeah, Paris, I got, I got two amazing girls who keep me Focused. that's crazy and when you're not working what, what do you do in the in the sort of a private space Rough. chill out when i'm not working it's ps4 <laughs> straight up <laughs> i try to relax, <laughs> I try to relax when i can I just play uh, playstation 4 uh, but i do a heck of a lot of reading because you know my work in- involves a lot of strategy and reading and process so i'm always you know tr- with a with the book or reading something or listening to a podcast uh so i'm always engaged so the moment i can just so to speak decompress um, I'm spending time with my girls, um, watching TV, Game of Thrones. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Um, you know, play PlayStation 4, play with my wife once in a while. Awesome. <laughs> Can I ask what you play? Well, yeah, sure. I mean, I love I love the strategy. I love like um, Batman, Arkham Knight, or Arkham City, or Arkham Asylum, FIFA 17, uh, God of War, um, st- stuff that has to do with strategy. Nice, nice. And, you know, I I wonder how you find any downtime, to be honest, with all the things you do, the consultancy, the coaching, the motivational speaking, being an author, you know, the business strategy. Now, let's talk a little bit about that. How do you juggle all of these things and and make it happen? Well, well, for me, I I, I really don't feel like I'm working, to be honest, because these are things that I really love to do. 
You know what I mean? These so I, it's almost like getting paid to do what you love. It's like getting paid to pay, uh, getting paying a fish to swim, or a bird to fly. You know, so these are things that are expressions of things that I'm truly gifted and passionate about. So when I when I go through what I do, I really don't feel like I'm working. I just I just feel like I'm having fun and enjoying my day. Um, so there's really no need, so to speak, to decompress from my day or run away from my my job or my work, like most people usually would do. Um, once it's 5 p.m., they're like, yo, TGIF, baby, shut it down. We're going home. Uh, and then they go to, so to speak, uh, they move from being Clark Kent to Superman. Uh, but I kind of feel like I'm <laughs> Superman all day. You know what I mean? All the time. That's what I feel. Oh, that's crazy. That is crazy. Now, and like I said, that is a lot doing all of that. Which of these would you hold on to now going from the management consultancy to the motivational speaking and writing the book and business strategy? Where would you say your area of expertise lies? Which one of these would you hold on to? Hmm, that's a pretty hard question, though, because um, all of these things have been experiences or are fa uh, facets of my experience. Uh, so I've been a management consultant for about 13 years. Um, I've been a motivational speaker, quote unquote, for about, I don't know, maybe like 10. I've been an author for maybe like eight. I've been a life coach, life and business coach for about eight. So all, all of these things are factors and faces of my personality and, you know, what I do. Um, they are all very tightly connected because I, I never, so to, so to speak, sought out to be a, a business coach or a business advisor or any, any of those things. It was just me going about my business and learning, consulting, and helping you know multinationals who are many of our clients uh, to grow. And then after that, you know, I started you know developing a reputation of being some sorts of inspirational type figure. Um, then I started getting a, a heck of a lot of speaking engagements. It started getting really big, you know, so to speak here. Um, and then I segued, segued from just um, inspiration, so to speak, uh, and leveraged a lot of my business background and started helping uh, or smaller organizations uh, because I could see what, you know, for, for big organizations, uh, it's kind of hard really to see how you fit in, so to speak, in helping them with their results. So you know that, yeah, your strategy was there, your strategy was there, but it's so you're just like a little cog in the entire, in the entire wheel. You know what I mean? So I now said, you know, how do I, how do I take this uh, thing and replicate it on a much smaller level with smaller organizations where you're not the clog, you're not just the uh, cog anymore. You're really a part of the entire system. So, uh, and then you can see how effective your strategy is. And over the last, uh, I don't know, maybe five years, I've been privileged uh, to help about 838 businesses. Um, oh, wow. Just, you know, so, you know, so try to measure all these things. It makes me feel pretty good. So yeah. awesome. Like those numbers, those numbers are amazing. Wow. Now the management consultancy, obviously you do that with the multinationals and sort of the big boys, yes. so to speak. And then I see what you do because I follow you um, across social. You do a lot for the small businesses as well, which makes you feel better doing the management side, obviously they probably pay more and doing the small business side and getting uh, value back. Where would you lean more towards? If you'd asked me this question, maybe like four years ago, I would have definitely said the management consultant side because um, like you said, they, they can pay, pay you a pretty penny and, and you know, that's pretty good. Uh, but now I'm really stoked about, you know, helping smaller businesses because a smaller business can hire, you know, one, two people, and those two, three people have, you know, families and dependents. And you know that just by helping someone, you know, like I say, master the business of their talents or, you know, profit from their passion, 
um, you can actually see the growth and you can see the development over a period of time as they begin to go from concept to execution to scale. Uh, so right now for me, man, I mean, I'm loving the fact that I'm working with a lot of smaller businesses mm -hmm. who are hungrier. You know what I mean? And, yes. Um, for the multinationals, you know, there's a lot of bureaucracy and this and that and the other. And there's there's a lot of, you know, to people to talk to, uh, you know, to get the decision worked out. But with the with a smaller business, most in general, you're speaking with the decision maker who really wants to grow. He really wants to scale. So whatever you tell him is like, it's a word from God. He's like, yeah, let's do it. You know, so and then we work together and they're they're hungrier. They've got that tenacity, that that grit, that grind, that hustle. And so that's pretty amazing. And I, I, I love what I do with them. That's crazy. Now, if I was a small business and I came right. to you today and I said, Steve, I've plateaued. I don't know where I'm going. What's one unique tactic that you can give me to just move my business forward? Well, I mean, obviously, first off, there's no easy answer to that because every business is different and every market's different. But most, most, one of the things that I tell uh, business owners is if there's, if people ain't buying, there's nothing wrong with the customers. There's just something wrong with you. There's something wrong with maybe the product, the way you're pitching it, the way they're you're marketing it. There's nothing wrong with the customers. If the customers don't like it, that's feedback. If they like it, it's feedback. Uh, so the question is, how do we reverse engineer and find out where the flaw is? You can have a great product, but if you don't know how to story tell your market proposition, they're not going to be able to buy. You may have a fantastic product, but if you have crappy distribution, then they're not going to buy. You know, um, if, if there are no, so to speak, testimonials or uh, uh, what you call them, customer feedback about the stuff that you do, ultimately people are not going to buy. So um, ultimately when people ain't buying and you feel like your business is plateaued, um, the first question simply is, what are we doing wrong? Let's look. Let's. The problem is not with the clients or the customer. The problem is with you. So let's sit back and realize uh, what it is. For some organizations, uh, the issue is just grind. They've lost their hunger. You know, so they're 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 cool making a couple of mil every month, and they're good. So they've you know they're no longer broke, if you know what I mean. Uh, so they've settled into some level of complacency. So for some organizations, you need to re-inspire and get the hunger into them. For some others, it's just simply that, you know, they don't know their numbers. They don't know their books. They, you know, their overheads are perhaps too high and things like that. So for every organization, it's different. But, you know, there's always got, you know, something to change. Thanks for that, Steve. Appreciate now, it. you've been in the game for over a decade now. You know I'm the entrepreneurship <laughs> game inside <laughs> out. Indeed. Indeed, my brother. Now, it's up and down. It's left, right and center most times. Let's talk about a time that you would look at as your lowest entrepreneurial moment so far. Right, right. Great question. Uh, for me, it's a, it's a little bit of that yin and yang. Um, I think for me that my lowest entrepreneurial uh, moment also happens to birth my best entrepreneurial moment at the same time. Um, I always tell people that if you ask the right questions, then ultimately you're going to get the right answers. Uh, so for me, it was, um, uh, you know, you know, we have a president who's been there for about two years now, and it was the, uh, he was just beginning his uh, administration. And a lot of my clients who are, you know, banks, multinationals, weren't exactly sure uh, what his policies were going to be and how it was going to affect the economy. Uh, so, you know, with things like that, when they're so uncertain, training, consulting, coaching, that's the first to go, go out the window. You know, as far as they're concerned, it's all a, it's, a, it's an expense as opposed to an investment. So they throw that out the window. And I'm sitting there and for like five, six, seven months, uh, my business hasn't made any income. You know, we, we're, 
I, I still have to pay salaries. My, my guys are hustling hard and they're doing, you know, they put in the grind and put in the effort, but they're not getting the results. And I understand because many of my clients are not doing business um, despite our best efforts. Uh, so I'm sitting back and I'm thinking, you know, what, you know, perhaps I should just let these guys go no matter how much I love them. Uh, but I can't keep, so to speak, hemorrhaging bills and we're not doing any business. I'm going to maybe send them home. If I sit by myself with my wife and the kid, we're good. We're, you know, we, we don't have to worry about spending all the salary and stuff. But, you know, I sat down and I thought about it and I said, truth be told, uh, like I said to you initially, um, if the customers ain't buying, it's not the problem isn't with the customers, the problem is with you. Uh, so I started asking the questions and I said, okay, how do I get to the point where I no longer have to go through, so to speak, corporate organizations for my, for my business? Because, um, you know, corporations can be finicky. If somebody doesn't like you, that's the end. No matter how, you know, if, they, if someone just doesn't like you, your proposal is going to die on their desk or they're going to pretend they never saw your, uh, your proposal or whatever. So, um, so I started asking the question, how do I, uh, you know, get this information to the, someone who can, how, how do I get to the end, end, end customer? Um, and I, at the time I'd been running, I'd been running, uh, one of my programs, uh, it's called mastering the business of your talents. Uh, and it's a seminar that I usually do annually. And I'd been doing that on and off for about, about at that time, maybe about three years, but I do, I do it once a year. And I realized that, okay, well, you know, this is something that I'm passionate about. And this is something that a lot of people talk to me about. And, but they always say, you know, Steve, can you bring it to my city? Come to my city, come to my city. And I know that, you know, there are no guarantees. If I have to fly and just, you know, take this program uh, seminar elsewhere, there are no guarantees. But like I always say, it's not what you don't have that limits you. It's what you have, but you don't know how to use. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah, it's, not what you, <laughs> yeah deep. it's deep, isn't it? Right? It's not what you don't have that, that, that limits you. It's what you have, but you don't know how to use. So I decided, okay, why don't I just put this information into some sort of information products, maybe like an online course? Um, I, I, and I've always been in, in, you know, in Nigeria. I've always tried to be at the cutting edge. Um, of a lot of things because I, 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 like to, I like to think of myself as some sort of futurist in my industry to look at where the market's going and just where the trends are going and try to get there before, so to speak, my competitors do. So way before uh, webinars were sexy in Nigeria, I mean, like eight, I started doing webinars like maybe eight years ago. When you think about it, Facebook Live and all that stuff just came, came, came out like two or three years ago. Before podcasts, before, you know, there, was, there really wasn't anyone in the personal development space or business space who was doing podcasts. And I started doing podcasts as, as uh, way back as maybe eight years ago. So I'd, I'd, I've always been in, in love with tech, technology, and just trying to see how I can use that to get my message out. And so I figured, you know what, perhaps let me just put it in, in an online course. Um, I was afraid, you know, would people embrace it? Would people like it? When, when they feel it's just like watching a video on YouTube and da-da-da-da-da. So I try to, you know, I, I, I try to make, make, make it more global. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, realizing <laughs> that, you know, the Nigerian market don't, they don't want, so to speak. It's it, it's not really about what you say. It's about will you handhold me through the process? Will you walk me through the process? I can watch a video anywhere, but I I wouldn't have the access of you walking me through the process. And I realized that what they wanted to pay for was not really the content. Was just it was content was yeah, but it was the fact that will you walk me through this? Will I have access to you? Will, will you show me how? You? Will you show me how? And that was mm -hmm. a greater proposition than just the, the contents. And I said, okay, sure, I'll I'll show you how. And long story short, I mean, I started pitching it and it, it blew up. Um, it blew up really, really well. And this is my second year doing it. And to be honest, uh, the online, so to speak, the online space of my business, 
um, is probably accounting now for about 55% of my business revenue. Oh, wow. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And this is me operating, so to speak, like, because I, I only do this program three times a year and then I have the live masterclass. So in reality, for just three times a year, six weeks each class. So in reality, for 18, we 18 weeks of work, I can literally do more business than with my present clients at the moment. So it's pretty exciting. That is crazy. And the thing, you, what you've done there, Steve, is you've actually talked about the steps you took to get out of the low right. into a position where 55% of your income is coming from your online stuff. Now, that is crazy. There's two things I want the tribe to actually hold on to there. Right. Self-awareness. Exactly. You knew yourself. You knew what you could do and you put that forward. Yeah. And the second thing was that foresight, thinking ahead, right. not looking at, oh, no one's doing it, so I shouldn't do it. You were actually forward thinking and you went ahead and did it. Absolutely. Now, that leads straight into the next question about a high. Okay, because like I said, it's up and down, left, right, and center sometimes. Let's talk about an up time, okay? A time when you would hold on to as your proudest entrepreneurial moment so far. For me, I, I, I'm so grateful uh, to be a part of so many entrepreneurial journeys. And I think I'm really excited about that because um, just being able to see, you know, um, over the last five years, I've, I've, I've been privileged to coach over eight, 838 entrepreneurs um, through the entire process of mastering the business of your talent. And um, at the last count, um, 269 of those entrepreneurs have been online. Um, so, so when I see, you know, some of my clients uh, who are, so, you know, the, and, you know, the wonderful thing about doing stuff online is, of course, it's global. So, like, you know, like your show. It's absolutely global. Anyone around the world can listen to this and, you know, you know, tune in and be a part of it. So I have clients in Tanzania, in Rwanda, the U.S., the U.K., Seychelles, Dubai, Ghana, Togo, Nigeria. So, you know, for me, I'm really excited. It's that, global, you know, brother. It's pretty global, you know what I mean? And I'm sitting <laughs> yes. in my office in yes. Lagos, and, and mm -hmm. I, 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 can see, I can see someone who had started from this and a couple of, you know, under a year, three months in some cases, um, the person has blown up into something. And, and for me, it's just humbling to be a small part of so many huge success stories um and that and that for me is my highest entrepreneurial moment that is awesome now from speaking to you steve there's something i pick up i pick up that you actually care about the entrepreneurs you work with <laughs> now would you say having that little more sort of giving them a little more than they would normally get elsewhere so holding their hands walking them through showing them how would you say that contributes to your success Oh yeah, I mean, I would say that you know, caring, caring is the it's your greatest competitive uh, leverage that it is. You know, I, I have a reputation for ruthlessness. Everyone says Steve Harris, uh, ruthless execution. <laughs> he don't he don't yes, play sir. no games. This man is this man is not he's not a nice guy. So that's a reputation I have. But you know, the truth be told, that that for me is it, it's just the way of scaring away the people who are not serious. You know what I mean? Because I can't work with anyone. I can't work with anyone. You've got to be hungry. You've got to want this, you know, like E.T. Uh, says, you got to want it more than you want to breathe, you know. So I only work with hungry people. Uh, but then I put, I put them through their paces. You know, I, I, I go hard on them and everything. But ultimately, they know that I care. Uh, and I think care is the, it's the, it's the least talked about um, uh, assets 
that organizations have. You know, any organization can compete, you know, in, in terms of maybe numbers or in branch locations or in IT or in customer service. We all can, you know, but when you, when you outcare your competitors, that is where the sweet spot is. And, you know, I mean, for many of the guys I've been privileged to, you know, to coach, want, you know, I mean, for, I've been doing this for two years on the online space with Mastering the Business of Your Talent. And, I, for example, I have a WhatsApp group where I get to mentor them and coach them, even though, so to speak, their money has finished since. You know what I mean? Yes. There's some people who have done this like <laughs> gotcha. two years ago, and their money has finished since. But every week, every other day, I'm checking in on them. You know, I'm calling to say, what's up? I remember that you said you wanted to do this. You know, what's going on? You know, and they know that I care. You know, so when I come into a city and they know, oh, I'm going to Steve's coming to Abuja, which is uh, which is the capital city of Nigeria. You know, the, all the people who have, you know, gone through the program get together and say, hey, let's have let's hang out with Steve. So they throw a party, you know, and I come into the place and they throw a party or they we, they want to hang, hang out with me. Now, that this is supposed to have been, quote unquote, a transactional relationship where I've gotten your money. I've helped you out. We're good. We're square. You're, shake you hands your and way, say goodbye. Shake hands and say goodbye. But, you know, I'm not until one night stand. I believe in building relationships with the clients that I work with. And I think um, you've got to be able to outcare your competitors. And that's what I do. That's awesome. And I think with that attitude, you will win every time. Absolutely. Guaranteed. Crazy. <laughs> You're telling stories, Steve. Now let's keep it going. Let's dive into right this moment as you sit there in your office right now. What is one thing that you've got going on? That's got you excited right now. Oh man! Well, we just wrapped up the um, the Master in the Business of Your Talent seminar. The life that class. looked was, awesome. I saw bits on social. It was absolutely <laughs> crazy. It was sold out, packed to the rafters. Uh, so that was pretty amazing. Um, going on 2018, there are a couple of things I'm working on, and that you know they've, they've got my you know juices stewing. And one of them is I'm writing a new book. Um, so it's oh, called wow. yeah, it's called so it's called Honey, Why Are We Poor? Mm -hmm. And so it's some sort of story. I'm, I'm a bit of a storyteller, as you can tell. Uh, so it's, uh, mm -hmm. it's a bit of storifying financial intelligence and just making it practical to the Nigerian and the African audience. You know, we have rich dad, poor dad and all that stuff, which is amazing. But, you know, a lot of that stuff isn't applicable to the African slide. We, we don't understand 401ks and stuff like that. We don't get that. Nope. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So so bringing it here and, you know, I'm trying to show why or answer the question why it seems like middle class, so to speak, successful uh, individuals are broke. So one of my arguments is that, you know, poverty has evolved. You know, it's no longer the guy, you know, sitting on the sidewalk asking for a dollar for some change. Uh, it's not some guy or some kid who's trying to wash your windscreen like in Nigerian traffic, you know, trying to wash your windscreen and just clean your car just for a buck. Um, poverty today has a job. You know what I mean? You know, drives a car, lives in a nice part of town and it is broke. Um, so I'm really excited about it. So I'm trying to share. So it's a, it's a story. It's, it's called Honey, uh, Why Are We Poor? And my goal is to get it out to, to be available for sale uh, sometime, you know, first quarter of 2018. So I've, I've been working hard on that. Um, so it's pretty exciting. I'm pretty stoked about that. That's crazy. I'm excited for you, bro. And once that comes out, do let us know. We'll link it up and get the trial to check it out for sure. It's, it's all, it, it, I mean, this whole conversation, Steve, I, I can't even say it enough. Everything you do is around sort of caring for people, wanting people to be better. Why? I don't know, man. I think that's the way God <laughs> made me. 
I think that's the way God. Wow. I don't know. That's insane. That's it's insane. Just, just Did you have I'm something not. that happened to you when you were younger? I mean, why, 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 why help anyone? I mean, you could do this and just do your thing without even helping anybody. Well, I guess, you know, I guess I help people because somebody took a chance on me. Ah. Um, someone took a chance on me. So, I mean, one of the things the tribe probably doesn't know is I, I'm a college dropout. You know, I'm a two-time college no dropout. Yeah, so, you know, I got kicked out of school the first time, then I kicked myself out the second time. It's a long story. Buy the book. <laughs> you know, so, um, but but someone took a chance on me. And his name is Feladurotoy. He's the best. You know, long live the kink. I like to think of myself as the hand of the king. So I'm like, yeah. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? So, but he took a chance on me when I dropped out of school and, you know, he showed me the ropes. He literally adopted me, uh, brought me into his home, showed me the ropes. Um, I started learning from him and observing. And um, so this week started proving myself and my worth uh, to the point where, you know, beyond just taking a chance on me, I started repaying, you know, the value that he had entrusted in me. And um, so, yeah, so I think it's just my way of paying it forward. And realizing, you know, that all, you know, if I wouldn't have been here, there would have been no Steve Harris if Fela Durotoy hadn't taken a chance on me. Um, so wow. I, I really do care. I, I can hear it in everything you say. You know, that's yeah. why I asked that question. And I'm glad I did because you took it to a deep place. And I think Fela does, um, he deserves a mention for, for oh, you yes, know, absolutely, doing absolutely, what, what is, what is done for you. And obviously yourself paying it forward. That is awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Now um, it's time to take you, Steve. My brother, straight into the lion's den. Are you ready? I'm the lion tamer. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do this. It's just quick fire questions. I'll throw them at you. As you come back, we'll put the lions to bed, eh? The first one, what is the best African saying you've ever heard? Best African saying? It would be it would be a Nigerian saying. I, I, I don't speak any of the traditional languages in Nigeria, unfortunately, but um, it's an Igbo proverb, and it says, um, whenever you wake up, that's when your morning begins. Uh, whenever you wake up, that's when your morning begins. And and what it means it is, um, it doesn't matter how long it seems you've slept, how long it seems you've you've lost opportunities. The moment you become self-aware, that's the moment you know you literally can hit the road, hit the ground running. So whenever you wake up is when your morning begins. Because uh, I kind of feel like I, I was a bit of a late bloomer. I didn't get my act together until I was, I don't know, twenty-eight. Um, I didn't I didn't get my together until I was like thirty. 38 now so i mean sometimes i wonder i'm like damn if i'd gotten it together when i was 20 man ah lord knows where i'd have been <laughs> but you know but like i said whenever you wake up that's when your morning begins so that's i think that's one of the deepest uh, proverbs that uh, it's super to. deep it's super deep and speaking to that no one actually asks you when you start straight straight no up. one does if you're successful no one says oh when did you start they yeah. just look at the success and they roll with it yeah. that is awesome <laughs> there is no overnight success absolutely no definitely not it's 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 work and this is a, a facade that a lot of uh, entrepreneurs out there sort of on the instagram you know they show the luxury they show the lifestyle right. but um the actual hustle and the graph that goes behind the scenes is what people need to understand <laughs> that's crazy now, we touched on this earlier uh, when I asked the question about why you do what you do. And you talked about dropping out of college and fella helping out and all of that stuff. Now, before you build the Steve Harris brand, because like I said, I follow you. I see what you do. For what you do, I salute you. Thank you. You're doing your thing. But before it happened, what was holding you back? Well, I think it was fear. Mm. And it's something that, you know, it's something that I still struggle with, I guess, because um, like I said, you know, I'm a college dropout. So there is that part of me that kind of feels like I don't deserve what I got. There's that part of me that believes that, listen, man, you know, 
maybe you you know you're gonna wake up one day and find out this was all a dream and you're still you're still trapped in school man he slumped over having issues with those lecturers you know so um so there is that part of me that i think was afraid um because when i eventually so to speak started my company uh when i left that's a start my you know I, well to be honest i didn't exactly i didn't leave to start to be very honest i'm christian you know and i, I kind of felt like it was time you know i prayed and god was like it was time for me to go, but I didn't know what I was going to do. So I, here I am, I'm sitting at home. Uh, my wife was pregnant, which I was grateful for. Um, but we were broke. I had about 20 grand, which in probably, which was uh, this 20 grand is probably, give or take, back then was about $100 or something like that. All right, so about I had $100. My wife was pregnant. Our rent was going to be due in a couple of months. I was scared to death. And I'm like, how on earth am I going to take care of this you know, family? And all my responsibilities, you know, again, coupled with the fact that I'm a college dropout, it's not like I can go apply for a job. Um, but again, like I said, it's not what you don't have that limits you, it's what you have, but you don't know how to use. So I started grafting, man. I started grinding and said, said to myself, you know, what do I have? So I itemized, you know, the gifts and the skills that I had at the time. My consulting experience at the time was about five years. Uh, I just got certified as a life and business coach that was there had this idea to be a motivational speaker, wrote that down. Long story short, I had this idea that if I can make any amount of money in a year, I like, you know, imagination don't cost you a thing. So no. I put it out there and I said, hey, heck it, I'd like to make 88 million bucks, uh, which might be, I don't know how much, can, you know, whatever, but 88 million there. Um, long story short, I didn't have that. This is me who has $100 and I'm thinking about making, I don't know, 300, 400,000, almost a million. Wow. A million dollars. And I'm like, how on earth am I going to do that? But, you know, I put, I put in the work and eventually in, a, in about 10 months, um, I've, I didn't make the 80, 88 million like I planned, but I, I ended up making about 17 million. Oh, wow. Um, with no staff, no office, no nothing. But I was showing up every day. You know, I, ha I didn't have a table or anything like that. So I put two paint buckets on top of each other. I put my laptop on top of the paint buckets and I'd work and hustle and grind and just go out there. Straight, um, straight up, up. So, so, <laughs> wow! So I think fear, fear of failure, fear of um, thinking I wasn't good enough, fear that thinking, fear of thinking that my you know my college was right that I was a, I was a, I was a no do well with a you know college draw. I mean, if you drop out of school once, it's bad enough. If you do it twice, you're literally in class all by yourself. So you know, um, I kind of felt like perhaps I, I wasn't good enough. So that's what that's what pushes me. Uh, to be honest, I think somebody asked me the question a few days ago, and I said. Well, what really inspires me is if, um, you know, imagine there was some sort of alternate universe and I could see the Steve Harris who graduated from school. And then if that guy met this guy now, what I really want would be for that guy who graduated to wish he was me. That's what I want. I want the guy who graduated and I don't know where he would have been by now, but I want that guy to look at me and say, I wish I was this guy. That's, so that's what motivates me, gets me out of bed in the morning. That is awesome. Now, like I said, Steve, you're a storyteller, which is pushing me to, I can't wait for that book, you know. <laughs> Once it's out, let us know. I'll link it up because I know anyone that listens to this would want to definitely check it out. Uh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Now, um, I follow you on social media. You do a bit across social. Which is your social media platform of choice and why? Um, if you asked me this two years ago, I'd have said Twitter. Uh, but right now it's uh, it's Instagram. Mm. Maybe because I'm a tad narcissistic, and I, I think I'm really good looking. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I kind of now I see you turn up. I see you turn up. You're dapper. That's am, that's for I sure. I, I got swag. Yeah, yeah. I got it. You know, it's an African thing. We got swag. Something we Africans got. 
You know what I mean? So awesome. So so yeah, Instagram is it is is it for me because I can do so many things. I can I can connect and engage immediately, do something live, and just get people to see a sneak peek in my life and stuff like that. Um, Twitter was great, uh, but I I don't know. I've, I've kind of lost my mojo where Twitter is concerned. But I, I I mean I got like forty five thousand followers on Twitter. Shout out to all my Twitter followers. But yeah, but Instagram is where it is It is for me right now. That is awesome. Now, let's talk daily routine, Steve. For me, it's meditation. I wake up in the morning. I take 10 to 15 every morning. Stay very quiet. And firstly, the first three minutes, I go to a happy place. I grew up in Lagos. It was a happy time. Right. I look around the compound, riding a bicycle. I feel myself with that happiness. And I go into a prayer type state where I send blessings and healings to everyone in my circle. And then finally, I look at whatever task that I'm focusing on on the day. I breathe in deep. I pull that positive energy towards me. Then I get up and go. For yourself, brother, have you got a daily routine that you do that contributes to your success? Um, daily routine is just two things, man. For me, it's uh, like you, prayer. Me and God, me and Jesus are pretty cool like that. I have my moments. Um, so prayer, then I work out. So I do, I try to ride 10 miles every day on my exercise bike. And then I go pump some iron for a bit. Um, I need to pick up on that just a little bit more. Um, but yeah, but that's that's basically what I do. And, and straight, you know, take a shower, bless my, my girls, and then get into it. That's what I do. Nice. And you see your books. Have you got any books that are on sale right now? Yeah, sure. I've got, I've got two books and two workbooks on my website. So the first is my story. Uh, it's called From College Dropout to Corporate Sellout. And then I just share my experiences there. So that's there. Uh, the second book is called From Friend to Fiance. And this is for the ladies. It says how to, how, to, how to get him to want you without letting him know that you want him to want you. Nice. So, so <laughs> that would come in handy uh, to a lot of ladies. I would so link those good. up. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a playbook. It's really good. Um, then I've got two workbooks. Um, one is called Ruthless Execution. And the last is called Mastering the Business of Your Talent. So yeah, those are the four that I have at the moment. That's awesome. I'll definitely link those up. Now, apart from your books, is there any book that you can recommend for the tribe to check out and tell us why we should? Well, my, my favorite books of all time, apart from the Bible, and I know that sounds cliche, is um, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Oh, wow. That's come up on the show, actually, previously. Wow, awesome. So amazing, The Alchemist. And then for those who uh, aspire to be thought leaders, speakers, coaches, yada, 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 uh, favorite, favorite book of all time in that regard would be uh, The Millionaire Messenger by Brendan Burchard. It's an amazing book, so Millionaire Messenger. Uh, those are my two favorite books, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to link all of those books up, yours and the ones you've recommended as well. Get to try to check it out. Now, Steve, when you said you're the lion tamer, I had no doubt. But just now you've proven it. You've conquered the lion's den, my brother. (laughs) (laughs) This is it. This is awesome. Now, like I said, super excited to have you on the show. What you do is on a level. Keep winning, my brother. For what you do, again, I salute you. But we're wrapping the show up and bringing it to a close. And we'll end it all with a deep, deep question. And the question is, if you had 24 hours to live, what would you do? Man, <laughs> if I had 24 hours to live, I think I'd, I'd, I'd spend it with my family. I'd spend it with my family. Um, I wouldn't try to save the world because I try to do that every day. Nice. <laughs> Superman um, so I'd, I'd So I'll take, yeah, I'll just keep Superman away. Clark Kent, chill with the girls, 
spend time with my family, bless them, pray, laugh, watch movies. Oh, nice. Um, and that's that's what I do. That is deep. And do you know what? It's I think it's it's another thing that's ingrained in us as Africans being so family orientated. Right. It's um it's super deep, super deep. Now, like I said, I'm starting to I'm starting to feel a certain way now. I want to just chat to you all day, uh, Steve. You, you can feel it, yeah, right? I mean, you're, you're amazing, bro. You're amazing. This no 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 doubt. This is why you do what you do. Thank you, bro. We'll end it all with you sharing a few words of wisdom and the best way that we can connect with you across digital. Words of wisdom, um, I'll, just, I'll just drop this. Like I've, I've said this several times already, um, it's not what you don't have that limits you. It's what you have that you don't know how to use. That's what it is. If there's anything limiting you, it's not some, there's not some witch in the village or some hex or voodoo or juju. It's, it's, it's something you've got, but you just don't know how to how to work it so that's what it is if fellas want to reach me on social um um i am steve harris uh on instagram and twitter i am steve harris that's i-a-m-s-t-e-v-e-h-a-r-r-i-s um then my website i am steve harris.com so yeah that's what it is awesome i am going to link it up steve get the tribe to check it out and like i said we've connected i'm gonna stay in touch and we're family now. Whatever it is, what it is, I'm always happy to chip in, bro. Just let us know. For what you do, again, Steve, we salute you. And hopefully, we catch up soon, bro. Sure enough. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tribe. Hey, Tribe. That was nothing but fire. Kicking in with your man, Clef, and the one and only Steve Harris. Now, head over to the socialafricanshow.com for detailed show notes links to connect with steve links to all the resources we talked about including the books now coming up next on the social africa show is another awesome entrepreneur who's helping young people achieve their dreams by connecting them with mentors that live like them so keep it luck this way tribe i'll catch you later peace